All right, welcome to the MindWorks Podcast with Dre and Kev. So today we're going to be talking about an interesting topic, and this one could relate to a lot of people. The topic is of anger. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to dive in and talking about the emotion of anger. And also like, you know, I guess like the internal dispositions that cause anger to occur. Like typically in, you know, personality psychology, um, you know, anger could be associated with a lot of different behavior mechanisms or however you want to label it. Like, I guess like aggressive acts, Mm -hmm. what would be like an aggressive act, like punching somebody in the face, um, getting very frustrated, waiting on a line and yelling at everybody. What are some other behavioral, um, you know, acts that can, uh, portray the trait of someone being an angry person? Like, how would you, if you do have anger issues, I mean, anger, once again, is a emotion that all of us kind of have within ourselves. I think, Everyone gets angry in a certain way, but like, how does your anger actually manifest through your behaviors is a question to first ask and become mindful of. I feel like, um, you know, as a clinician, I work heavily a lot with, um, you know, anger management. Mm -hmm. Like people come into my office, into the therapy room, wanting to work on their anger issues. And I have a lot of respect for those individuals because it's hard for angry people to identify their anger issues and how it affects them. And, you know, once you start, once you take that step, you know, you can definitely make a a huge change. And a lot of times when I work with people, I definitely have seen individuals change pretty drastically in their anger management and their emotional intelligence and things like that. Um, One of the main questions is like, where, where does anger stem from? Like, like how, how does, how doesn't, you know, I don't think anyone's really born angry. You know, like no one's really born angry angry like you don't come into this world angry i think like the world makes you angry mm. <laughs> you know? yeah i mean again i like you said this is a very important topic especially for men's mental health when we mm. talk about anger and i'm surprised that we haven't spoken about this in the first season because this is such an important topic and it's something that a lot of people go through i personally i think that anger is just a part of our survival and a part of us feeling unsafe mm-hmm. um and i think that it's a mechanism of coping with situations that we feel like we're in distress yeah. or that we're in danger. And it's like a biological disposition in a sense that we need it in order to survive. Like imagine if we were all just little like passive creatures and then we, there was a threat and, you know, we just kind of don't do anything about it. I feel like the anger is kind of what sprues our uh, emotions and our chemicals in our body to fight or flight. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about the, you know, the, the biological dispositions, I guess you could relate that to temperament. Like, you know, I think some people's temperaments are actually like, uh, you know, more, some people are more hard going than others. Some people are more easygoing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that has a lot to do with how temperament uh, manifests within your personality. I mean, I think I we've I think we have mentioned this on the first season to some extent, not fully. We didn't go into it in you know detail, right? But um, you know, one of the things that I do as a therapist when I work with individuals with anger management problems is I start to like talk about empathy based learning skills. You know, I think um, empathy is kind of like a medicine to anger to some extent, and I say that in a way where it's like you know I think angry. What I notice about angry people is the fact that they have issues with understanding their situation or the other individual. So that that misunderstanding is what kind of like guides their anger. Or it could also be that some people just have these environmental conditions within their families 
they might see an angry father or they might see an angry mom and that's what's modeled to them throughout their childhood while you know even their adolescenthood while they're forming their identity and to some extent that anger that they you know inherit causes them to become an angry person later in life especially mm -hmm. if the anger i feel like if the anger is more exposed to the child and the adolescent uh um the adolescent area of life that developmental process i do feel like the anger kind of um become that that becomes part of that individual's personality mm -hmm. so if you're constantly in an environment where you're constantly seeing people angry all the time it becomes a part of yourself as a as right. an adolescent and uh, into adulthood right i do feel like yeah the adolescence years are the ones where the identity formulation is happening so whatever you're being exposed to during those crucial time time periods of of development is what you know it's going to be a part of you yeah i like how you mentioned temperament i think that's a good way to talk about anger because i also think it's in a spectrum um and you use the word frustration before and i think you know there's frustration there's anger then there's rage mm. so you know i've worked with students who you know get into this rage mode and it's like they just black out and they just call it blackout, right? Because it's just so enraged that you just, you forget of, yeah. of, of what your actions are. So I think mm -hmm. there's definitely levels. I think we all, to a certain extent, get angry unless you're like some Buddhist monk in the mountains <laughs> meditating all day. Uh, but like you said before, having some emotional intelligence and awareness. So then when you do start feeling frustrated mm -hmm. and then you do, and that elevates into anger, making sure that the, that doesn't take the next step into rage is very important. And I like how you said also, like, environmental is a big factor, yeah, right? Because like what you learn. Yeah, like, e even me, like, a lot of people, you know, they see me with a Yankee fitted, they see my New York mean mug, and they think I'm an angry person. I'm not an angry person per se, but I have, like, a certain level of protection just because of, you know, growing up in New York City and just kind of being around the environment where you just – you're not going to go around in the train station smiling and giggling all day, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's also I, I I go back to it saying that I think it's a it's a means of protecting oneself from danger. Yeah, you know, I think it, it definitely could be protecting each other from uh, someone from danger, but like, you know, this also goes into like many different multi multiple dimensions of personality like you kind of mentioned. Like mm -hmm. I think it's like it's anger, rage, stubbornness, frustration, closeness. You know, I think a lot of these personality traits are like um, if you have like these personality traits and you yourself as an individual can recognize, you know, your stubbornness, your moodiness, almost like to the point of like whatever falls under the umbrella of neuroticism, mm. okay. you know, because yeah. like whatever falls under the umbrella of neuroticism is like anxiety, depression, like emotional instability and things like that. I think it has a lot to do. It definitely has a lot to do with like an individual's uh, way of, of being angry. You know, like every, ang every, ang like not every, but most angry people that I work with do have some sort of like anxious um, thoughts about things as well. Like um, some people like get angry to the point where they want to like, you know, aggressively probably try to hurt someone, but then they get anxious and they worry like, am I even big enough to hurt this other individual? And then they start to worry a lot about, you know, like, you know, they're just worrying about like, oh, can I take on this individual, especially amongst men? Right. And I find that typically amongst men, that type of reaction, like, you know, like, I guess more of an aggressive nature within their anger. Definitely. And like another thing is like um, uh, with anger, I think with women, it becomes more like a moody type of uh, reaction, more like moodiness type of things. You know, like I think it's, there's a little bit of a gender difference there. But I also think that like 
with anger, it's not just about like the impulsive reaction you get from anger. It's also like how long you hold on to that situation and how long you allow it to affect you. Mm. You know, um, I feel like some people have a tough time letting uh, things go in certain situations. And some people have an easier time of letting things go. And I feel like if you as an individual recognize yourself as holding on to things a lot, like you, like something happens and it gets you upset, but then you hold on to it for like a couple of hours, maybe even to the extreme, maybe a couple of days, then that's something that you might want to point out within yourself and recognize like, okay, maybe I need to uh, get help on this and maybe I need to uh, talk about this because I do tend to hold on to uh, angry stimulating situations a lot of times and that could be a problem it's like holding on to a knife on the other end right it's like your own resentment you're holding on to that anger and you're only doing yourself harm yeah like you know like and that's what I noticed with some people when I work with them and their anger sometimes I'm trying to tell them like you know um, so when you get angry uh, how long are you holding on to that anger? Like, how yeah. long are you thinking about that situation? Is it, like, taking over your whole day? Or is it consuming you? Is it, like, making you lack focus at work or in relationships, or whatever the case may be, because you're thinking constantly about that situation? So then when, you know, we work on that, we explore the situations that get the individual angry. And if it's something that has to do with, like, another person, then once again, I, I introduce those empathy-based learning practices where it's like, all right, try to understand the other person's perspective. It's not just all about your perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, once you can open up to that sort of channel of thought, you'll, your life will change, basically. I like how you mentioned the difference between how anger is uh, expressed between women versus men. I think a part of it is biological um, is because men are bigger and stronger and we can, you know, kind of aggressively mm -hmm. express our anger outwardly mm -hmm. rather than women, you know, like it's, I personally think it's that, but yeah, I think there's a difference there. But also, you know, I think that in a certain level, some, some form of anger is good as well. Um, yeah. And, you know, I feel like being angry at the place you are in life because of your complacency or being angry about injustices in the world and wanting to make a difference, I think there's also a level of motivation that comes from some sorts of anger as well. So I don't think it should be completely, I don't think it's completely uh, a bad emotion per se. I think there could also be some positive sides to it and like it could help people kind of push forward and become the better version of themselves. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like goes into this idea of like, I guess like when it comes to masculinity, right? Like aggressiveness is kind of like one of the things that are like traits of masculinity. Mm. But is it is it good for men to be aggressive? You know, it's interesting because I had like this this uh, this client. He's like a, you know, like a 16 year old boy. And like he was basically in the lunch cafeteria and, you know, like um, the someone moved his his bag off the lunch table and then he tried to sit back with a group of kids and they were like oh well too bad your lunch your, you know you lost your seat and obviously he got upset and um you know he tried to tell the kid like um you know like you know like you took my seat whatever yeah. but then he went to go sit alone by himself right so then the mom calls me and she's like telling me the whole story and what happened and she's upset because you know She's like, why didn't my son react? Like, my son doesn't stand up for himself. Mm -hmm. My son doesn't, like, fight back or whatever the case may be. Or, like, not fight back, but just, like, at least speak up for himself. Right. And, you know, I, I was, like, thinking about the situation, and I'm just like, well, you know, your son is 16, and, and he, um, you know, basically walked away from the situation. To me, in my perspective, I think that's a good thing because it shows his emotional maturity. 
And for someone at the age of 16 to do something like that, to walk away from a tough situation, I think just shows a level of maturity. Yeah. You know, it's like, but why is it that the parent is predisposed to this idea to like want her kid to like stand up for himself and maybe get into a further altercation that could get him into more trouble? You know what I mean? But then it's like, then I, then I was, I felt like stumped a little bit because yeah. then I was like, um, do we teach kids to, you know, express aggression or do we teach them to be more emotionally mature and walk away from aggressive situations? Well, in this situation, I'm going to challenge it a little bit. Yeah. And I'm going to say that, yes, he should have at least set some boundaries. Um, cause I'm, I'm from the, the culture and where it's like, all right, you know, I'm a, I'm a test you once. If you don't do that, I'm going to test you again. If you don't do that, I'm going to keep testing you because now you're a punk, right? So I would put this 16-year-old person, let's say, a 36-year-old person in a jail cell. And he's like, yo, you going to eat your cornbread, right? What do you expect it to be like, here's your here's your cornbread and just walk away because I have emotional maturity. You know, I think to a certain level, there needs to be boundaries set where you're telling someone, look, this is my boundary. This is my limit. And you're not going to cross that because, you know, now I, I'm, you know, in a sense, like your bitch, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. I don't know what a, a nice term to put on it. Um, and I think that's part of maybe what the mom was saying was like, yo, if this person is just getting pushed around in school, who's to say when he gets older, he just gets pushed around in life. Yeah. But like, you know, then. What what would you say to the child like in that situation? Like, well, how would you um you know tell the child like, hey, like you got you can't be a punk ass bitch. You got to fight back. <laughs> I I think I think part of it um is definitely helping that person set their boundaries, but also having it like you said before, having a sense of empathy for the other person as well. Um, it's a tough situation. I don't have a direct response to it. I mean, that's why I was like, but like my yeah. thing was, I thought about it deeper and I was like, okay, like mom, if, 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 you know, like what was your reaction to this, to your child? And she was like, you know, why didn't you stand up for yourself? Why, why can't you stand up for yourself? And then to me, that reaction, I cut, I could have felt like the child was being shamed for his behavior. Mm. And I don't think that shame is helpful either. I mean, I think what should have went down the proper way to like handle a situation like that as a parent is to praise your child for being emotionally more mature than the children who are basically taking away your backpack and putting it away. Like praise them. Like, you know, hey, you handle it very emotionally maturely. It shows you're you're you have a, a great level of emotional intelligence if you're able to like be in a situation where it's supposed to cause aggression, but you can handle it very maturely and effectively by just walking away from the situation, right? But um, now it goes into the aspect of, like, what do you feel or how did you feel walking away? Like, did you feel lonely? Did you feel depressed? Did you feel sad? You know, and I think those, those feelings, which he reported feeling sad and lonely, the only reason why he's feeling that way is because everyone in his life is telling him, you can't be a punk-ass bitch. You got to fight back. Right. So that's shame. Shame is what's causing those those internal struggles. If he if people around him in his environment were telling him, no, the best thing to do and the smartest thing to do is to walk away from situations like that. And it's good that you do that. He wouldn't have walked away with that shame. Yeah. He would have learned to walk away with like his head up and said to himself something like, you know what? I am more mature than these kids. These punk ass bitches. (laughs) I think is I think the word that came up for me is powerlessness powerlessness yeah just not having power in the situation not being able to stand up for yourself in a situation and you know unfortunately that is 
that's evolutionary psychology in a sense where, you know, if you as a human kind of like Darwin theory, like if you can't survive in this world, then you're not going to survive. Like they say, you know, it, when a chicken is being hashed, don't help the chicken out of the egg because if he can't make it out the egg by himself, he's not going to make it in the world by himself. And I just think that some there's this selection, unfortunately, but there's like a selection of, you know, who can survive in the world and who can't. So I feel like to a sense, whether he was feeling lonely, this or that, like I think overall he was feeling powerless. Mm-hmm. And I think the the mother was trying to give him back his power, give him back his autonomy, give him back his But by his shaming work. him though? Maybe she's not maybe she's the one that should be in therapy as well. <laughs> I mean, like I mean, I don't think shaming is the answer. I think you could walk away feeling powerful, like by knowing the you know, once again, this goes into so, like cognitive yeah. learning theory where you kind of could just say, like, my belief is that powerfulness means being mature and being able to walk away and being emotionally intelligent to walk away from situations. That could be my cognitive belief of what power a powerful man is like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that could it depends on your belief. Right. So like if he's praised constantly for walk, for walking away from situations, he's going to feel powerful. But the fact that he's constantly being shamed for walking away from these situations and not knowing what to do causes confusion and powerlessness. But I think there should be a, a, a supplement to the powerlessness. Like I think that and I'll put myself in this situation because, you know, when I was in middle high school, I get yeah. bullied around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I guess in the way I always thought of it is that, damn, why did this person have to do this towards me? He must be going through something really mm-hmm. bad. And maybe that's just the way my mom taught me and raised me. Yeah. And also at the same time, it's like, then I'll have a different sense of, all right, they might be physically more powerful than me because they're fucking a grown-ass man in high school. Uh, yeah. But intellectually, I am more powerful. So then I, w- then I would challenge this mom and this student to kind of find that, all right, so yeah, physically you might be more powerful, but intellectually I am more powerful. And I think this is more like cultural for white people, you know, more say, whereas like intellectual power, they're lawyers and this and that. Once you grow into adulthood, that Mm -hmm. becomes more powerful than just your physical self, right? Mm -hmm. Because New York City is different than, let's say, Texas or something, where it's like, all right, if you get pushed around or someone's trying to steal something from you, you just pull out your handgun and you shoot them. Right, and that's power, that's power at the end of the day. But New York City, you know, it goes a lot of bickering back and forth because we don't have, you know, we can't carry weapons and stuff. So it's like, I feel like, yes, the emotional maturity and the mm-hmm. emotional intellect, but I also, I feel like there should be a replacement to that power as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way I see it. I'm like, yo, man, like, I'm mm-hmm. up here, I'm more powerful, and I'm powerful enough to walk away and not only not let it affect me, but you know, kind of feel good and kind of just be, be chilling. You know, it's interesting because there was like uh, studies or, or research studies that were done on this concept of positive illusions. Like mm-hmm. um, basically the, the idea was that like people who live in more positive illusions in life mm-hmm. actually have better mental health. Interesting. Yeah. You know, and like um, it's interesting because like cognitive beliefs are very powerful. Like, um, you know, you can believe that like, you know, walking away from the situation is more powerful than anything. Mm-hmm. And that could really enhance your self-esteem and your confidence as an individual. Because, like, to be honest with you, aggressive behaviors, like violent behaviors, like let's say the kid decided, okay, I'm just going to punch this kid in the face. You know, you're not, as an adult, we don't go around punching people in the face that get us angry. Not all the time. <laughs> not, I mean, yeah. not all the time. I mean, like, I... Sometimes. I mean, 
I mean, like, but like, you don't really go around doing that naturally in like the professional world or like on, the, you know, like on the street, unless you're outside at a club and you're drunk and you're, yeah. you know, partying, and you get into a brawl or whatever because you're drunk and your emotions are, are ramping up or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But like, besides that, like, you know, where else are you really fighting? I told you about the fight in the train station. <laughs> well, I mean, like, if you're gonna fight in the train station, What's the point of that though? What 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 does that? How does that help you in life? What does that do for you? Like, what is the positive there? Like, what is how does that like make you a better person? I no, it, I wasn't fighting the train. Yeah, station, no, but I, mean, <laughs> I mean, like in general, I like, made it sound like I was fighting. I no, was like, like people in general, like what what is fighting really get you though? It, it you're might, defending yourself. You're defending yourself, but from but, harm from harm. Okay, like all right, I understand Mental, a situation. Emotional, physical. Harm. I understand a situation where you're like getting threatened and you're about to, like you have no other choice but you have yeah. to fight. But like. A situation like a random situation where someone just bumps to you on the train and starts talking shit. Right. What is the point of fighting that person? Like, what is that going to get you? What right. is that going to give you? A sense of powerfulness in, in what you cognitively believe right. is power? Because to me, what I believe is power is walking away from situations. I think that's more powerful, personally. I think like I, I like I All think right. that shows right, more Drake. about emotional so look, intelligence. Check it. You yeah. walking down the street uh-huh. with your wife, your kids, and someone bumps your one of your kids. Well, that's a and, whole different story. Oh, different so story. so what's going? What happened now? And then well, he, it depends. Why did then, why did that person bump because into he felt my like five it. year old kid? And he felt like it because he felt like yeah. It. So then, he looked at you. He grilled you. You're in New York City. Tell your kid to move out the sidewalk. He's in my way. Okay, so then what if I fight that person? That person pulls out a gun and shoots me in front of my kid. <laughs> then what? So what are you gonna do? Uh, I'm gonna get shot and I'm gonna die. All right, <laughs> what no, are you gonna I, do after in this that? situation, what are you gonna do? What am I gonna do in that situation? I'm just gonna probably say something like, "Hey, man, like, why'd you do that? Like, what was yeah. your point of doing that? Like, what yeah. the fuck is wrong with you? You know what I mean?" But like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like try to like start up a whole fight over it. I'm, not, I'm just gonna tell the person like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why are you doing that? Why are you pushing kids around?" Because I felt like it. Okay, well, you're a dick. Peace. You know what I mean? Like, what do you want me to do? You want me to fight you because you feel like a dick pushing kids around? Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just like, I, I understand there are certain situations that call for violence, but like, yeah. it's not like you, it's not, it's not helpful though at the end of the day. Because right. the worst things can happen in those for situations. Sure. Like, Death. like somebody could pull out a gun, pull out a knife. You're in New York City. Yeah. Anything is possible here. Definitely. Like, like, so that, so then if we're here trying to teach kids, like if I talk to that kid and I said, hey man, next time somebody takes your book bag, you, you, you fight back and you speak up. You know what I mean? If I told that kid that, and then he goes and lives by that, and then goes into the subway one day, and he stands up, someone moves his backpack on the subway, whatever, and he and he says something to the guy, and the guy pulls out a gun and shoots him. Who's he gonna blame? Right. <laughs> I think I'll do. I think I'll do a mixture of what my mom did. I think I'll do a mixture of helping that student see like the other person must be in a really shitty situation to be a shitty person number yeah, one yeah that's that's what i do that's what that's exactly what i do with individuals that have anger issues i teach them those empathy based learning practices yeah. like understand that like everyone's going through some shit so if you want to spark something within that person that's going through something it's going to cause more mayhem on your own life so try to understand that, that person is really just going through something like or even make up a, hypo- a hypothetical situation that that person is do- get going through something just to help you calm the anger down so you don't react as much. You know what That's I mean? my first part. My okay. second part is then I'll put that kid in jujitsu, all right? Because <laughs> <laughs> he needs to also know if there's a next boundary being pushed. Mm-hmm. You're gonna defend yourself. It starts with a backpack. I know this. Yeah. It starts with a backpack. The next time he's taking your lunch money, the next time he's smacking you in the back of your head and he's laughing at you. So at what point do you stand up and you say enough is enough? 
let me take him, put him in an arm bar and break his shit. So I would, yes, teach him the empathy, but also teach him the, uh, the emotional resilience and the mental aptitude. But at the same time, the physical way to defend yourself, well, mm-hmm. I think I personally think is important. But what if he has nobody to teach him how to do that? Like, really, like, uh, you know what I mean? I mean, all right. YouTube. I mean, YouTube the, University. The, so I mean, I guess maybe suggesting to the mom to put him in, like, some form of, like, you know, karate or, or some Brazilian jiu-jitsu, whatever, some yeah. martial arts. I mean, I, hey, that that could work. I mean, hey, I, I I love Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai was a great show. <laughs> I, mean, I never like, saw it, but it sounds great. Yeah, no, Cobra Kai was great. But um, yeah, something like that, I guess, along the lines. But that's that's like the idea of anger. You know what I mean? I think it's like very social, socially and culturally based. Yeah. But I, you know, once again, like my personal opinion is, I just feel like if the the most powerful thing to do as an individual is just walk away from a situation, because mm-hmm. like it, it can end up. Terrible. I mean, you've this all it all happens all the time. Like you see this shit happening all the time. Like just the other day, some guy got shot in the deli because he said something right. to some guy and just ran up on him in front of his nine year old daughter. Damn. Like what the fuck? Like all because he wanted to act tough. All because of his aggression towards some random person that said some slick remark. He got shot and got killed right in front of his daughter. Now the daughter's traumatized. He's dead. And that's it. Now someone and the whole family's mourning. The other guy didn't even catch that guy. No. So like, you know, this is what I'm talking about. So like you either play play this game of life smart or you play it aggressive and dumb. You know, it's up to you. I mean, if you and that's what I'm saying. It goes down to the cognitive social learning belief. Like, yes, like our belief as two Latino men is to say you're a bitch if you don't fight and stand up for yourself. And we're taught that at a young age, like that you have to fight and you have to defend yourself. Okay. We're taught that. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, so then what happens if something bad happens and then I get, I get killed and shot or whatever the case may be for doing exactly what you told me to do. So that's a, that's, I, I I believe that could be a fallacy. True. You know what I mean? Because it's not, if we're talking Darwin, Darwinism and survival, then that's a fallacy. So I think as you adult, as you become adult and as you become, you know, your prefrontal cortex develops, finish developing at the age of 26, mm-hmm. then you're more equipped to have that emotional maturity. To but that's what away. I'm saying. For a 15, 16-year-old to have that emotional maturity at that age, I see that as a power. I, I see that as like a Jesus effect, like turn the other cheek. And it's like, like avoidance. Yeah, like you're just, all right, you're going to turn the other cheek and then you're going to turn the back. You know, you're just going to keep getting smacked around. To the, I'm ignoring He's going to come back because he'll be like, therapist Dre, I'm mm-hmm. back. Now the kid grabbed my ass. <laughs> so I have, I'm trying to get your emotional maturity tip, but now I'm being so assaulted. What, so what would you tell him then in that case? What would you I'll tell him? I'll tell the mom, put that in jiu-jitsu. But is that the answer got the answer? You got at, at at a certain point. I understand the emotional maturity, but at a certain point, you have to knuckle up because, look, man, if you can't physically defend yourself at the end of the day, if you're if you're in a trap scenario, mm-hmm. and that was my train scenario where I was in a train and you know there was two guys in the middle of the train. One guy passes by, pushes them out the way. He's like, "Oh, say excuse me next time," and the other guy didn't even say a single word. He just decked them in the face. It was a two on one. It was one of those, it was an A train with no exit. Mm-hmm. Everyone else went to uh, the other yeah. side. I'm there right in front of the fight with my bicycle on. And it's like these three guys are about to kill themselves, yeah. you know? That, so it's like, I feel like the there's a certain level of anger, problem. yes, that you should have. And I had to break up the fight. I had to put my bike in the way and break up 
these three grown ass men fighting, right? But then, but then there's another like social structure that you could look at it in a more positive way. If people see that, like you know, you're like kind of like you know, I mean, you kind of have to like emphasize it, and like I think you have to like kind of like make it more humorous the situations. I, you know, I think it's about learning how to like survive in your environment yeah, in the best sure. productive way. So like, if a kid like smacks his ass or whatever the case may be, then why don't you react in a funny way and be like, "What are you gay, bro?" Or something. It's like some joke to like calm the situation down rather than escalate it in, in, in terms of anger. Why don't you use like humor to defend yourself to some extent, make it more fun. So then people are like, you know, you get more attraction that way. Like, Oh wow, he's funny. You know what I mean? And then you start getting more friends that way and people start to like you more and you go into that route. You could do that too. You could be a funny individual. You could start, you know, cracking jokes on each other, roasting each other, whatever the case may be. As long as you're not like so serious about it and you're making it more of a, of a fun, productive way, and you're getting, you're gaining social recognition at the same time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, um, so like that's that's what I, I that's literally what I told the kid too. Is like, why don't you just make jokes about everything? When like instead of taking it so personally and so harsh, like why don't you just make jokes or something like that? You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Like it depends on the situation. How do you how do you make it a funny situation? And you could use that. I don't know. It's like there's different different techniques, different ways of analyzing the situation and working around it. Bullying sucks, man. Yeah, it does suck. Bullying sucks. And it sounds like this kid maybe is potentially getting bullied. He is getting bullied for sure. So it's like, I, you know, I, I, I empathize with this person mm-hmm. and I, you know, I definitely think it's, it's something that could be very scarring as you grow up. Yes. And if you don't have the other levels of maturity or power, let's say mm-hmm. mental, emotional power, then I feel like you could really grow up to be a resentful adult. And a lot of times we see a lot of resentful adults who do stupid shit and they go out and go into situations, kill multiple people. Um, and we see it all over the world, and mostly here in America, because it's like a Western America thing, even though we don't want to say it. Well, yeah, but, I mean, if you're constantly shaming, uh, if you're constantly shaming a kid for like, you know, like their behaviors, even though it's like it could be looked at as a positive way, then yeah, that can lead to something as dangerous as that, I believe. Or my other thing, too, which came up in my head is, like, cops as well. I feel like a lot of cops are very resentful and been bullied. Mm-hmm. And, like, now that they have a gun and a badge, now they have cer- certain power, and then they go out and do stupid shit with that power. Mm-hmm. I, I truly and honestly think that, like, cops a lot of times are that, that student in high school who grow up, become a cop, now has a gun and a badge, wasn't able to defend themselves in their youth and, and resolve their traumas with that bullying. Mm-hmm. So then they go out and now they have power and now they have a way to defend themselves. And then they do, you know, yeah. crazy scenarios like the one we've seen recently. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, like it's crazy. Yeah. The whole <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's anger beyond its limits. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, like seven, eight, ten cops on one person. That's that's wild. And that's that's our reality. So I guess that's like one of the places that anger can stem from are obviously the social conditions and the social environment, like being bullied or being like, you know, in a in an abusive household with abusive parents and things yeah. like that. You know, all this stuff can, uh, you know, and that, that I guess that goes into, into the terms of the the aggressor. I mean, it's interesting because like when you look at it, like this kid's family isn't aggressive, like they don't. They, they're not like there's no domestic violence. There's nothing like that in the picture. So he doesn't know violence. Mm. So, like, you know, but, like, if you, maybe the child who took the backpack away and sat there probably has that in his household. Mm. 
And then that comes to the empathy-based learning yeah. thing, right? Like, he probably sees his parents arguing every day and probably fighting with each other. Maybe he has siblings that fight each other, too. So he's seeing all this violent stuff happening. So he knows violence more than the other kid. So, like, now, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it, it plays, you know, it's a, it's a complicated situation. <laughs> yeah. But very interesting. But um, besides that situation, in terms of anger, like, what internal dispositions are, like, is anger based in? You know, I think if you take the whole concept of personality psychology, you try to like look at the, the traits of like psychoticism or no, psychopathy or um, neuroticism. I think that anger is, there's an internal disposition in people that makes them angry to some extent. Like mm -hmm. it's part of their personality to some degree is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And I wonder like, you know, um, then when you take these, these sort of internal dispositions and then you measure the individual's uh, frequency of acts of anger, then, you know, I mean, like, you could literally label that person as an angry individual, mm. right? But you can't label the individual as an angry individual if their anger just peaks at some moments. So as you as, like, the audience, if you're listening, you know, if you're listening to this and you're wondering, am I an angry person? You might want to, like, try to, like, measure, you know, how often your anger outbursts occur typically and how often, how long do you hold on to the anger of situations? Mm. And then that would tell you how to, like, evaluate you know, maybe if you should seek help for your anger issues and things like that. How do you work with adults who come to you for anger management type deal? Well, it's a whole process. I mean, you start off by like exploring their, you know, past conditions. Where does this anger come from? Typically it is bullying or like some sort of uh, parental issues that they've experienced that they've seen. Maybe like it comes from parents that are stubborn, parents that yell a lot. It, it can definitely like, you know, once again, cognitive learning is such a powerful thing. And we'll talk more about cognitive learning and how it has an effect in our next episode. Mm -hmm. But like um, that whole idea of cognitive learning is such a big thing. And like it's so big that it even stems into the realm of like sexuality and stuff like that. Like, you know, one of the questions that a lot of people always ask is like, um, what um, is can can your environment influence your sexuality? Mm -hmm. And the answer wow. is yes. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in our next episode. We'll talk about, you know, your social environment or your, you just your social environment, your culture and the media yeah. and things like that. And we'll talk about different like uh, case studies and, and anthropologists studied like people in like these different countries in New Guinea and these mountain dwellers and things like that. And there's a whole bunch of like fascinating information there that we'll get into in the next episode. Wow. But like going back to like the whole anger thing. Yes, anger could have like a really strong social learned this disposition i mean you even go back to the albert bandura studies of the bobo doll mm. you know like uh kids the the adults were put into a room with a bobo doll and they were told to punch the bobo doll and then they allowed the kids to go into the room and see what they did and nine times out of ten every child would imitate the violent behavior really that's albert bandura the bobo doll mm. experiment so you're saying, uh, in in some sense, also it has to do with personality and when personality, you say, internal disposition, social yeah. learning. You know, so part of, part of part of part of that uh, when I think of that, what you said is thinking of like animals as well, like dogs, especially a man's best friend. We know that for pit bulls are set to be more aggressive and more angry, mm -hmm. um, and I I personally think. That is true genetically to some degree, but a lot more socially and environmentally. Mm -hmm. But like a pit bull compared to another less like a Labrador, mm -hmm. right? So a Labrador would not react to certain stimuli the same way that a pit bull mm -hmm. will. 
And, you know, I feel like also I think a pit bull understands that it's big and strong and powerful yeah. as compared to maybe a Labrador who doesn't have the same jaw power and stuff. So, yeah, I, I completely I, I can see that. I can see personality being being a definitely yeah. part of it as well. I, I mean, there's there's a famous psychologist or I think it was a biologist, but his name was Hans Eysenck. And he basically he this guy was amazing. I think he was born in like 1918, did like mm. a whole bunch of he wrote he wrote um 700 research articles mm. and 40 books on personality dispositions and, wow. and like things like that. And, and what, what, and a lot of his theories were actually proven right today. Really? Some degree. Yeah. A lot of his theories were proven right today. Um, like one of the theories was like that he felt like, um, the three personality traits that have like the, the highest heritability rate was, uh, psych psychopathy, neuroticism, and, um, um, extroversion and introversion. So he felt like that these three uh, personality traits were very heavy in heritability, right? So when you're talking about cross-species perspectives, you know, you see that these pit bulls are more angrier than like a chihuahua, mm -hmm. but they're both a dog. Mm -hmm. But the reason for that is the heritability that they intake, the genetics that they intake. And yes, behavioral genetics have shown that like those three traits are actually highly heritable mm -hmm. through twin studies, adoption studies, things like that. So it's actually very interesting that this individual <laughs> studied all that and like like theorized this and then now today that we have the technology to prove it most of it is actually proven true that's crazy yeah <laughs> the that's field crazy. of psychology is interesting i mean all those theories and theoretical perspectives are very interesting but like um yeah the heritability thing plays a role so you know i guess like when it comes to anger just in general the main things to consider within anger is you know the environment your social conditions like what you learn in your environment uh you know that's been showcased through those through the Albert Bandura study experiments with the Bobo dolls. The um, heritability stuff has been sort of theorized by Hans Eysenck and proven by behavioral geneticists today that there is a high heritability rate for like neuroticism, psych psychopathy, and uh, extroversion. And then also, um, yeah, so that's social. Um, and then also cognitive learning, like your beliefs, like your beliefs about anger and aggression can stimulate and exasperate aggressive behaviors. And, and you know, that could be an issue. Um, also, just to, you know, put it out there, anger is considered to be a sin. Really? Yeah, and the Christian, um, you know. Supposed to turn the other cheek. Y yeah, like you're supposed to. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting, you know, like how they, they identify that. Like, you know, they talk about that as anger being one of, like, the, the, the circles of hell. Mm. <laughs> I mean, to some degree. But, like, anyway, so, yeah, so, you know, it's very interesting. So, I guess, like, for anger issues, you know, one of the things that you would want to learn about or really hone in on is empathy-based learning skills. Um, a, you know, explore your past and your conditions as to where your anger lies. And, and you might want to do that with a therapist that could reflect these things to you in a, in a different perspective. And also just moving forward, I guess, using the cognitive behavioral framework and kind of like reframing your beliefs yeah. to think differently about anger and aggression and look at it more as a way of like, um, you know, uh, anger is not really an emotionally mature uh, character trait. And actually anger, according to Isink, is actually labeled under psychopathy. So, like, anger has a psychopathic tendency to it, and it makes sense. Psychopaths aren't the nicest people you've met. They're probably, like, the most unempathetic, right. most, like, um, you know, like, the opposite, basically, of a calm person. Right. <laughs> you forgot one more, though. What? Jiu-jitsu. 
jujitsu. <laughs> and if you want right. to learn how to defend yourself in situations that you don't have no control over, then yes, go take some sort of uh, boxing classes. Hit up the gym. Get yeah. stronger. Get bigger. Um, hit the gym, man. Yeah, hit, hit up the, the gym. Games. You get the make games. Sure you could, you know, hold your own at times, man. Because you For never sure. know. For you could sure. be. In, you could have been that train car. With no exit, and it's like, how are you gonna defend yourself? You gonna uh, cognitive, uh, cognitive, emotional intelligence? Nah, man, you get knocked in your mouth. Well, you're I mean, like- if you're smart enough not to get yourself in that situation in the first place, like if somebody says, "Watch where you're walking," just keep walking. Why do you have to stop and respond? Yeah, like, what, I, are you, I what are you trying to prove? Would not respond because I, 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 have I personally that level wouldn't respond like, either. Exactly. Like, I'm not gonna again put my life in danger, put my time in danger. Like I don't got that kind of energy. Yeah, but. When, when you're in that situation where you got no other way, you got no yeah. other outlet. Yeah, I mean, that's like, why it's always good to hit up the gym, get a little bit bigger so you look at least a little games, bit more intimidating man. so nobody fucks with you. Yeah. All right? So we'll leave it off here, and we'll we'll come back next episode. Uh, stay tuned. It's going to be awesome. Yes, sir.